Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, uh, as a DM, would you let somebody intentionally fail uh, a check? Mm. like like say like you know i want to do this but you know so i roll i you know act as if i roll the fail or like you know so there's a i i want to i want to lean toward yes okay that's kind of where i was going to there's a really nasty spell in that uh book i picked up the osteomancy mm-hmm uh, that I posted in the Discord. Uh, that if you fail uh, an Arcana check, um, uh, twenty DC Arcana check, uh, it opens up a small black hole uh, that persists, that you can't get rid of without a wish, and expands in size every week by. 10 feet. Oh, sorry, month. Uh, expands in size by 10 feet every month. Uh, it remains in existence. Hmm. So, uh, otherwise, it's instantaneous. You basically you reach out towards a creature that is medium size or smaller, create a miniature 20 foot wide black hole above them. Uh, targets pulled inside, reduced to a singularity, and dies instantly, of course. Uh, immediately after casting it, you make a DC 20 intelligence arcana check on a failure. Uh, the singular, the black hole remains where you summed it indefinitely, barring a wish spell, uh, cannot be destroyed or dispelled and expands by 10 feet for each month that remains in existence. So I was wondering if you cast that and then chose to not pass the arcana check and just leave a black hole somewhere. No. Yeah. I was going to say like that, um, like the spells in here are insanely destructive, but I was like, wow, oh, I wonder if you can intentionally chose, chose to fail it and just leave a black hole somewhere. Obviously, somebody's going to have to get rid of it at some point before it destroys everything. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there would have to be like, there'd have to be a definite reason to, to want to create that black hole. <laughs> uh, and then, but if you want, I mean, if you think just, you know, out, you know, if you think in a, you know, three-dimensional perspective, like, you know, I, I'm actually this, this character, I'm actually this, you know, this wizard uh, crafting the spell, I could very easily, you know, like with a slight, like, you know, flick of my wrist, uh, you know, not do the spell intentionally correct. And so, like, just leaving that up to, uh, to uh, the chance. Although DC twenty, I mean, I guess it depends on the level needed. DC twenty is kind of high to begin with, but no, yeah, I, I would say so. And then see, 
see what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you realize you know what's going to happen. I mean, there's somebody from you know high level magic, you know, guilds or you know schools, red wizards, whoever it is, has, we're going to have to come and cast a wish to put it out of existence, mm-hmm. or otherwise it's going to because it's going to rip apart everything. No, yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering, and then the gravity well that it creates as it gets bigger is just going to pull apart cities, which would be interesting. I'm like, I mean, obviously it's homebrew spells, and some of the stuff in here is still nasty, low level stuff. But it's like that'd be interesting. Like if you go know, the under mountain or you know jails of Waterdeep or you know, Cormanther, yeah, you know, Cormir, like big cities, and just dropped a, a black hole underneath and walked away and <laughs> right. see what happens. Yeah. Or um, it's done on accident. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's done on accident, but in, you know, but in, by the player, it's an intentional choice to have it done on accident to, you know, to create the the situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you died and there's a contingency spell where it drops this on your desk and just as a F you on the way out. Right. <laughs> Coffee ready to go? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. All right, cool. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get started. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. I am your co-host, Sergio. I am actually hosting by myself all on my lonesome this week because our good friend Crit uh, has come down with a nasty bug, that that nasty pesky bug that's been plaguing uh, just about everyone on the planet for a couple of years now. He, so he's down and out. He's not feeling too great. So uh, we got some healing potions sent his way. So hopefully he'll be back next week because next week is when we discuss multiverse of the monsters and we're very excited about that but this week is our patron chat we look forward to it every single month we get to discuss uh different ideas different themes different questions different uh um like discussion prompts uh with our patrons with our wizard patrons and above and this week we are joined by lupus and coffee coffee say hello to everyone listening at home hello lupus how are you doing today Good. Uh, glad uh, everybody here is healthy, and uh, hopefully, uh, Crit gets back on his feet and back to the tower relatively soon. If nothing else, we know how uh, obnoxious and annoying Crit is. I don't think that <laughs> that that level of absurdity is going to be taken down that easily. So he might be down and out for a couple of days, but he's definitely going to be back on his feet soon. Did he- did he try to magic too hard? Was that what happened? He might have. Yeah, he might have. Uh, he might have stayed up too late. Uh, painting minis or just looking up minis and and uh, sort of like um, you know lusting over them. <laughs> but I'll, this... I'll try to stop at the the miniature posting online. Oh yeah, you're just you're an enable you're enabling him for sure. <laughs> yeah, Lupus is uh, uh, if you're not a member of the Robots Radio Discord, you definitely need to uh, sign up. We have our own uh, Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast text channel there. 
and lupus is like is just finds all manner of things dnd related that uh empty out all of our bank accounts uh i i can't tell you how much money i've spent on the stuff that he's that he's posted on there and i would definitely if i definitely would spend more if i could if i had it to spend he actually he posted a what was it like sixteen hundred dollars Oh yeah, the miniature collection, sixteen hundred dollars. Uh, they're based somewhere outside of Atlanta. Uh, free shipping. So free shipping. So, re- <laughs> I hope so. Re- reduce the cost, and then yeah, it was uh, sixteen thousand dollars worth of miniatures, and that was at a reduced price. It was just it was basically a whole den of somebody's house was miniatures. Yeah, it's like an entire room, just like almost like top to bottom wow. of minis. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the bigger ones were still packaged in box so which is yeah keeps the price up this week we will be discussing a uh it's a very interesting topic because it really gets it's really going to get us to thinking about how we play this game D. we're going to talk about ideal party composition now you know the D is is known for having all sorts of different classes uh, but you know, what, how, if you're playing with a certain amount of people, like what, which classes do you want spoken for? Which classes do you think are going to benefit, you know, both, uh, uh, combat and role-playing. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, let's get started with lupus. Cause it was actually the one who suggested this uh, discussion idea that, that got my brain all percolating. So lupus, let's say you're playing D and D you got a DM and you've got three players. What is your ideal party composition? Uh, ideal party composition is, so this comes mainly from uh, playing a lot of uh, D&D and uh, uh, online uh, MMOs or RPGs where you have to have, uh, and the mantra is basically, uh, if the tank dies, it's the healer's fault. If the healer dies, it's the tank tank's fault. And if the DPS dies, it's their own fault. Uh, so you need very true. Uh, I've played my basically. my fair share of uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, and that is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, basically, the healer and the tank are going to pair together to keep each other up. The DPS needs to stay on the outside and do range damage. Uh, and if they pull aggro uh, from the BBG or whatever the monsters are, uh, then it's their own fault if they go down. Um, so that being said. I would say uh, um, Arbarian, uh, and I'm not going through, this is just general, so not uh, not any of the subclasses, but so like a Barbarian, a cleric, Yeah, yeah let's, a, let's, keep a, it to, let's keep it to like your basic, you know, what, what you yeah. find in the player's handbook for sure. Yeah, and a Rogue. Uh, uh, yeah, Barbarian, Cleric, Rogue, or Rogue paladin cleric so some combination of uh, a multi-role tank so not just a fighter but a barbarian or a paladin uh, a healer and then uh, a dps for three party yeah i'd say that's i mean that's pretty apt like having had you know a little bit of a mmo experience myself that's pretty much the um that's the the, the holy like trinity the holy trifecta of of combat is your tank role you know those who can like tons of hp 
can absorb a lot of the damage on the front lines. You have a DPS, you know, it sort of um, does damage, but is, you know, uh, can move around quickly. And then obviously someone to heal them both to, uh, to keep them alive because they're taking all that damage. And, and that's, you know, that's where the squishy comes in. That's where uh, the cleric comes in. Um, Coffee, what about you? What's your ideal three party or three person party? Um, I'm, I'm just going to, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm playing a campaign right now and it's a three person. So what we have, we, we, what we have now class base class wise is we have a warlock, a sea sorcerer and an artificer. Me being the artificer. And how's that working out for you? Uh, I'm not sure since we only had session two like yesterday. So like just starting out essentially. So uh, does that, do you know, is it bringing any benefits like role playing wise having sort of like, you know, uh, it's kind of a, like they're pretty drastic. Uh, like they're kind of different from each other, all three. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I said we like kind of just started out, so I guess we haven't really gotten into like the flow of it. I feel mm-hmm. so. That's something that also needs to be considered too. Is you know, um, like role playing wise, uh, you know, if you have like I'm I'm in a campaign and uh, the DM was like, you know, like there's like kind of like two schools of thought when, when you're starting up a game. You've got um players who are like well i kind of like you know what like what role needs to be filled kind of like if you know if uh if you've got a couple of tanks a dps but no healer like okay well i'll take on the role i'll I'll be a cleric or something and uh and act as that person act as you know fill that role uh and then you have and then like whenever i dm i try not to i you know i i tell players to just play whatever you want you know don't don't feel like you need to fill a role um, to, you know, check a box or anything. You know, I want you to be, I want you to play what you want because then you'll, you'll have the most fun. And as DM, I, you know, I won't cater the game to them, but I mean, I kind of will in a sense, you know, I won't, uh, I'll, you know, obviously if, if I'm, if I'm DMing a party with, you know, with very, with, you know, with very little, um, without a healer and very little you know uh the the characters don't have very many uh healing traits you know uh, obviously like i'm gonna let uh healing potions be more plentiful and but also let them know that uh but let them know that it's it's they're gonna have to figure their way around that sort of um that that lapse and so you know, uh, I'm in a campaign right now. We have two bards. Uh, why, <laughs> why would, any, why would any party have two bards? Uh, it's because two people, two of the guys wanted to play bards. And so we're like, sure, why not do it? Um, and so role-playing wise, it can be, uh, like combat wise, obviously like it's a little redundant, uh, but role-play wise, it can be fun because you kind of have like these two characters trying to like one up each other like uh, in, in their bard style. Um, but we're uh, and going. So personally, uh, I I'd agree with, uh, I'd agree with lupus is uh, like that, that tank DPS healer sort of combo 
is ideal for a three-person party. Uh, now the four-person party, like, you know, this is like, you get the, the generic party as it's known. Uh, you have um, a cleric, a fighter, a rogue, and a wizard. Um, like I remember playing Final Fantasy for the, the very first Final Fantasy game for the first time. But that's like exactly what you get like as your party makeup. You get a fighter, you get a monk, which what's kind of known as a monk. Uh, you get a rogue, uh, also known as a thief, and you get a wizard. And depending on, uh, usually there's like, there's, there's red wizards, there's white wizards and black wizards. Um, but yeah, you get some sort of spell caster. So that's kind of what's known as the generic party. You know, you, um, with the cleric, you get, you know, um, you know, you get sort of that tanky role, but also um, with healing. Uh, fighter, obviously, get someone who, and uh, well, fighter and rogue, you get someone who can deal out damage, um, but also like move around, sort of um, dictate the uh the flow of the battle and then of course wizards you have you have some sort of magic user some sort of spell caster uh lupus for a four-person party what what's what do you like to see the most uh so the the larger the party get or is that's still small so you still need multi-role uh for sure yeah like when you, you, when know, you get yeah when you get bigger parties you can have yeah, individual but like yeah you really want multi-role of like a like a druid, uh, a rogue, a ranger, and a paladin. So you've got multi-role fighters. Uh, the ranger and a rogue are both DPS. Uh, the paladin can tank, but then the druid can also tank uh, and heal. The, the paladin can also heal. So you've got you know, uh, multiple makeups of multi-roles for survivability. Uh, and that goes a little outside of the, the typical healer, fighter, uh, wizard, and thief yeah combination yeah i think that would be my ideal for both role play and survivability would be a uh the the ranger thief pally and druid interesting so a ranger a rogue a paladin and a druid so like no i mean yeah like you said like with a party that small you sort of have to everyone sort of has to do a couple of different things but yeah it's interesting that you um not a not a like dedicated spellcaster no like no wizard no sorcerer no warlock that's interesting no i think at, at lower levels uh you're gonna need the, the multi-healers for survivability multi-tanks and multi-dps uh you really don't need, you know, at low levels, you know, sorcerers, wizards, uh, warlocks, you know, they're usable only to an extent because they burn out on spells so quickly. And then after that, it's like, eh, depending on what subclass, you know, they've picked for, you know, if you're at third level or fifth level. Uh, right, right. But, you know, your multi-healers, multi-DPS, multi-tanks you know, are going to keep the group alive. What about you, Coffee? When it comes to four players, what do you think is the best party makeup? Oh, you're muted. I've never played it with anything above like three, so yeah, I don't, not sure what to really say about that. Well, like, like uh, I, 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 I think, you know, Luke, 
sorry. Hold on one sec. They're going nuts. Kids are home. Yep. Okay, you were saying? I would say, I guess, kind of go with kind of what Lupus, Lupus has been saying. With, you know, tank and DPS and healer. But yeah, I Possibly think like a redundant for one of them is just in case. No, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like have, have, you know, like I think there's wisdom in, in having, uh, in a, you know, four is, I guess, I guess what could be considered like the standard size party, but still it's, um, it's, so I could, I think it's small because, oh my word. <laughs> yeah, I think it's small. The four would be considered, you know, the the standard size party. But even then, I I think it's small because, you know, like Lupa said, like each each player is going to have to do more than one thing. You know, it's um, you know, if you have a cleric, or if you have someone who, who wants to heal, they're also going to have to get you know, you have to get down and dirty sometimes. And so you just can't have like a, a full on cleric. You're probably going to have to get a paladin. And, you know, if you want, uh, and so then you, if you want to just smash stuff, you know, barbarians great, but you know, barbarians, like it's like a, it's like a blunt object, you know, you're going to, with, with only four players, you're going to want something a, a little bit more, you know, with some finesse. Uh, yeah, because so, I mean, you, you got to keep that barbarian alive with the paladin combination. He can keep himself up, and then the cleric can help and help co tank. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, uh, a, ra- a rogue or a ranger comes in handy. And even then, uh, you know, with especially with rangers and druids, you know, they get, you know, they're not dedicated spellcasters. Um, well, I guess a druid sort of is, but. And not in the sense of like a, a, a warlock or a wizard or a sorcerer, uh, but you know, rangers do eventually get access to their own set of spells, which aren't too shabby. You know, uh, you know, rangers are, uh, you know, I, I think they sort of have the reputation as just being like, you know, like the a ranger that's a, like an elf archer for you know, that's pretty much all it is. Um, but they're actually pretty cool whenever you like really dig into like the options that are avail- available to them. And you know what kind of spells they have access to. Well, they uh, they gave new classes for rangers in uh, fizz bands, right? That uh, kind of expanded the oh, yeah playability. It's like a gloom gloomstalker and like a warden or something like that. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I mean that was one of the great things, and they're they're slowly starting to to get to this to that point. But that was one of the great things about you know three point like third edition and three point five is. There were so many different subclasses for all sorts of stuff. If you're like, I want to be a ranger that only hunts like undead, like bam, like you got something. Or like, I want to be a ranger that only um, like hunts like drow or um, or um, elementals. Like it's like it's like you're more than likely you'd find like that sub uh, that subclass in one of the many different you know, uh, supplemental books for that edition. Uh, but before we move on any further, we're going to go into the middle of the show. 
and where we will discuss a couple different things. No minis, of course, because you know Crit uh, Crit's the mini guy, and I don't want to upset him by talking about minis when he's not around. But we do have a couple other things on tap, so we'll be right back. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we generally talk about minis. Um, usually talk about uh, cool stuff on the DMs Guild website. But we always thank our patrons. We want to thank all of our patrons, especially, of course, Lupus and uh, Coffee for joining us this week. We also want to thank uh, Tex, who couldn't be with us, um, prior obligations, as well as Climbing Zebra, Danny P., Remington Cloutier, Wolf the Sheepdog, and Jonathan Sutter. Thank you all so much for contributing financially to help grow the show. Uh, if you um, like what we're offering, like the content we produce, and want to help in that way, you can go to patreon.com slash lorecast. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff. You can get the show a day early. You can get it at free. You can get bonus episodes, t-shirts, stickers, uh, painted minis from Crit himself. You could have uh, one-on-ones with me and Crit where we discuss, um, you know, help you build a campaign, help you build a campaign setting, help you write a campaign, um, help you uh, hone your DM skills. Uh, You know, Crit and I both have extensive uh, experience DMing. So like I said, you can do uh, to access all all those features, patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. And if you are unable to contribute in that way, you know, just listening is more than enough, more than we could ask for. We want to thank you for, for listening, for, um, for suggesting it to a friend uh, who may enjoy it. That this, is, this very much is a labor of love. We'd be doing this. Um, I mean, I, I've been talking about D&D for years now. It's just, uh, it's just only recently that uh, everyone is subject to having to, to listen to it just, you know, not just, you know, my, my, my friends around me and my wife, you know, my wife is, you know, when I told her I was uh, going to start co-hosting the D&D Lorecast, she was like, great. That's one hour out of the week where like, I'm not listening to it. Somebody else has to. So thank you so much once again uh, for helping out for our DMs Guild uh, corner of the week. This was actually something I mentioned earlier in the show that Lupus uh, Lupus is is uh, as a house on fire when it comes to suggesting D and D material on the uh, Robots Radio Discord, and he suggested something that I hadn't seen before. It's called "So a Cleric and a Vampire Walk into a Tavern." Now this is um, it's an anthology of sorts. It's um, it's a series of short encounters and story hooks that may cause your party to question the safety of their local tavern. Now this is designed for characters of all levels because like I said, it's, it, they're mostly just um, like story hooks. Like um, there's something that happens in, in your local tavern that will then, you know, produce uh, some sort of um, short adventure. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, there's a, see close to i'd say like a maybe a dozen of them a dozen different at least a dozen different adventures um each of them with a different writer these are all folks that um have already you know already have several dm guilds credits to their name 
or, you know, veteran D and D players. So these are all folks that know what they're talking about. Um, and the, the first one, the first one's like, what really caught my attention. It's, uh, it's where the, the, the book gets its name, a cleric and a vampire walk into a tavern. You overhear a cleric and a vampire having some sort of, um, some sort of not argument, but some sort of like disagreement of sorts. And what you find out is that these two were at once were one at one point lovers and you know, set to be married until the vampire, you know, turned. And then obviously, you know, um, you know, left normal uh, civil, uh, living civilization as, and joined the undead. Um, uh, their lover, you know, distraught by what happened, turned to, um, turned to uh, the gods and became a cleric, um, but has now sort of lost their faith and and wants to get back to their former love and wants to become a vampire so they can be together forever. And so that's how it starts off. That's how the that's how the adventure hook starts off. It, uh, depending on how the DM wants to play it out, and depending uh, how to you know progress it, and how the party wants to role play it out, could lead to any number of ways. And that's what's really interesting about that's what really caught my attention about this um, this offering is that um, they're very simple hooks, they're very interesting hooks, and but you know the the possibilities of where they could lead are almost endless. Best of all, it's free. It'll cost you absolutely nothing on dmsguild.com. We will post a link to it in the show notes. Uh, check it out. Definitely check it out. I mean, can't get uh, can't get better than free 99, right? I think it's a good idea. Well, let's go ahead and jump back into our conversation about ideal party makeup. Welcome back to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Now we're going to discuss, in keeping with, uh, we're going to continue our ideal party composition conversation. We've discussed uh, the ideal party for three players and for four players. Now we will discuss the ideal composition for five players and up. Now this is where it gets uh, interesting because at this point, you can't, like, unlike before, where every player sort of had to fill a couple different roles, uh, you know, be it uh, melee and healer, or uh, spell casting and and tank. You know, at this point, you can sort of have specialized roles. And so, if you have uh, Lupus, if you have a camp, if you have a party, a campaign party of five or more, uh, you know, what do you like to see? Both, I mean, I guess uh, in terms of combat and role playing wise. Uh, so I think it's contingent on level, uh, but so lower levels, this is kind of where you can have the wizards and the bards come in, uh, wizard sorcerers, warlocks, uh, the glass cannons kind of are the party as it were, especially at lower levels, uh, because there's enough going on to protect them and keep them around and make them useful for, uh, the, infinite amount of cantrips they can cast or you know 
the few handful of spells that they can use to augment uh, what's going on with the party. So, like for five, basically the same basic makeup of you know, cleric, uh, fighter, DPS, so ranger or rogue, and then add in uh, a warlock, and then like a, another multi role. Uh, at higher levels, for Adventures League, I've done uh, entire parties of just casters. It was five uh, high elf uh, wizards, and then one uh, tiefling uh, warlock, I think, or sorcerer. And it was basically just turned into a, a burn team. Uh, we were just uh, annihilating everything that we ran into is now uh, my caster specifically is a uh, evocation specialist so I can bend spells around people. Um, so you can drop a fireball on the party and not hurt the party and just incinerate everything else. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is super fun, especially when you don't tell the rest of the party that first and they're like, wait, you're going to do what? <laughs> like, just like, trust oh, no, me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, but you've already discussed it with the DM. Like they know, you know what your subclass is, and that you can you now bend evocation spells or sculpt, as it were, in the in the book. Uh, so you're like, I'm just going to drop a fireball, and everybody's like, What are you doing? It's not going to hurt anybody. How is that possible? Did you read the book? What? <laughs> the book? Uh, like, sure, I did. <laughs> yeah, evocation specialist. So with that, you can get into more very specialized casters, like whole parties of casters. Uh, half parties of say barbarians and a couple of clerics and then uh, light DPS. Um, so I'd say for five or six uh, druid fighter, paladin, rogue, wizard, sorcerer or rogue, wizard, warlock dependent, a couple, couple casters, a couple, one specific healer, one multi healer, one, heavy dps and one tank no yeah i was gonna say um like once you get uh into a bigger party like the the campaign where like i said that like i mentioned earlier we have two bards there's six of us in that party so it can definitely afford to have two bards you know it's, it's um you know if you have four players and two of them are bards i don't think you're getting past level two maybe not even level one. Um, but, you know, we have a, a, a druid, we have a paladin, we have a ranger, and we have a rogue. So we have, like, you know, a good foundation, you know, plus, like, two silly bards who like to sing songs um, and, uh, you know, cast thunderclap over and over, uh, or thunderwave, rather. Um, you know, and I, I remember the first time I played, I, I played a bard, it was in a four-player uh, party, and I did not have a good time at all. Um, yeah, it's uh, the the bard class, and they definitely have beefed it up in fifth edition. It's definitely a lot easier to play. But you know, when I played it the first time with you know in three point five, and I just felt like I couldn't do much. You know, I was like a, a jack of all trades, master of none sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so it, you definitely need, um, for those really specialized classes, like your spellcasters, like your bard, 
you know, it definitely helps to have other classes to lean on. My coffee, if you, if, let's say you had, uh, let's say you had a handful of people playing with you, in, uh, you know, not including the DM. Uh, if you could play any, any class because you know, the, the, the party is so large, what would you want to play? I think, now this is, personally, I like to play games. I like to play video games, like uh, ranged. Right. So I'd probably play like a ranged class, like a uh, ranger, uh, if a DM allows an artificer. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably like how, I, how I'd play it. That's kind of how I am playing it in this um, campaign. I'm, I'm, I'm in, so I like that. And, you know, Lupus brought up, you know, he says he was in a, a party that was nothing but spellcasters. Uh, you know, that's, I've never done anything like that. So that's really interesting to me is, is molding. And, but it, in a way, it also makes sense um, in like a sort of like, when you're like thinking about it in a, in a more logical way, like, you know, like it's more logical that four wizards are going to be hanging out together than a wizard and a fighter and a rogue, you know, it's like, yeah, you have like the, the tried and true uh, hook of like everyone, like meeting, like being in the same tavern at the same time and saying like, Oh, I'll, I'll answer the call to battle. Like, so will I. And that's how this party of, you know, of, um, of, you know, people who uh, normally wouldn't mix get together, but in all actuality, it makes more sense that it'd be, you know, four rogues, like, you know, you know, four, four friends that, you know, run around like robbing from people, you know, robbing houses, um, you know, getting into shenanigans like that, or four wizards, you know, four buddies from, uh, you know, from Strixhaven or, you know, four fighters, you know, get together and like, and take, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, like, like, uh, loan themselves out as mercenaries. Um, so like, yeah, it's, it's more, it's obviously not as common, but it makes a whole lot of sense. So if you, uh, coffee, if you had to play in a, like one, uh, in a party that was just one class, what would you think would be the, uh, the most fun and which would you, do you think would be the most difficult? I'm saying Rogue would probably be the most fun. Rogue would be a lot of fun. <laughs> and then for diff- most difficult, um, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, I'd say possibly Bard. I was leaning toward Bard and I was thinking, well, it also kind of depends on the adventure. And then I started thinking about like, you know, um, like a Beatles type band that, you know, travels the, you know, that travels Faerun and like everyone loves them. And then they also like, you know, you know, solve crimes, like, you know, when they're not playing on stage. (laughs) And so I think that might be something that uh, I've been, I've been wanting and thinking of um, how to contribute to the DMs guild. And I think that might be one of my first, uh, one of my first forays. But I mean, yeah, like I said, it was, 
for me, I would say like, yeah, I'd say rogue probably be the most fun. Uh, I think monk also would be a lot of fun, you know, have a, have a handful of monks, you know, from, um, from the same, uh, like temple, uh, going out and sort of, you know, um, like sort of like a Kung Fu, the legend continues sort of like vibe, but like, you know, a team rather than just, you know, David Carradine by himself. Um, but yeah, I would say, uh, I'd say probably Bard or Druid might be the most difficult. What about you, Lupus? What do you think? Uh, most difficult, I think, would probably Bard. Uh, even after my Beatles idea? Even after your Beatles okay, but you were <laughs> doing a party of Bards individually in a party because you you are so multi-role and non-specific uh but then also you're the face of the group generally uh because of the charisma unless it's yeah. uh one of the charisma based casters like uh sorcerer warlock um so that you have to you're gonna do all the interaction uh in town uh i mean it's gonna be like witcher like you're gonna be uh dandelion of you're gonna have to talk to everybody you're not going to be specifically great at anything but you're going right, to right. fill in all the gaps through the shortstop so i mean that for for me for for me uh that would be probably the most difficult would be barred in any group and not be able to specifically do any one thing well mm-hmm. oh so what's what would you think would be the most fun you've already talked about how you had a. Uh an all wizard party and that was a blast for you uh what what beyond that uh the most fun i've had playing uh was uh is in the uh ravenloft uh adventures guild or adventures league uh is a investigative rogue uh so it's basically the sherlock holmes trope of uh high intelligence you still have all the basic uh, rogue build, but you're not specifically great like a uh, thief or you know some of the other ones that you know, delve into heavy backstab like ninja assassin kind of stuff. Right, right. Uh, you're more. Uh, I can see everything. I remember generally everything. When we come into problems, yeah, you know, I can figure it out or use my checks to help figure it out. But uh, in a fight, yeah, you know, it's just a, a basic rogue, so a little more uh, heavy role playing. No, and I think um, with the, especially at lower levels, with the, uh, with the parties that are all of one class, you know, the role playing is definitely going to be, um, it's going to come more naturally. I feel because, like I said, um, like while like in combat, having two druids, you know, can be kind of redundant. The way they role play, the way they bounce off each other, is a lot of fun. You know, they'll like, you know, one of them will start singing a song and the other will like, you know, either make fun of it or join in. In fact, um, uh, one of them is uh, like, that's how they that's how like they met and came into a party that are actually competing in a battle of the bands. <laughs> like, uh, and so um, I think, you know, one of them performed really well and the other one actually rolled really badly. <laughs> And so I think the one who did well, like took pity on the other one and then they both ended up joining the party. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's, it's, I I think it, because it, because like I said, it just makes logically more sense that you would have like, you know, like four 
four rogues, four rangers, four monks, whatever may be hanging out together. I think, like I said, the the role playing possibilities uh, are more natural and are easier at that point. Um, the combat, though, the combat might be a little shaky to start off with, um, but eventually, once you start, you know, getting higher levels and uh, getting access to more traits and more skills and uh, possibly even spells, then you know that you know that sort of evens itself out. And it also depends on, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a DM who likes you know was is going to hold my player's hand the entire time and you know not allow them to get killed um but i'm also you know like the whole point of the game is to have to have fun and you know this is you know this is what makes D so much fun is it's so many different kinds of games at once you know i mean what's your what's your class in our patreon group i mean because that's only a party of two which is uncommon uh, what am I? It's been a while. I mean, am I a, you love animals. I, I'm a bard. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I think I'm a bard. Well, there's a there, there's a reason for that too. Let me look at my character sheet. Uh, oh no, I'm a monk. I'm a mo- I'm a monk bard. Uh, reason there's a there's a reason for that. It all has to do with. Uh, the lore and the history of uh, Atreus, which is uh, the the campaign setting that that Critus created for uh, for both our the Patreon game and for uh, Fumbling for the Almighty Crit. Um, but uh, what was I saying? You got me all backwards thinking about <laughs> James Donnybrook. Uh, when I was gonna say, uh, you know, there's uh, the role-playing possibilities are a lot more fun. Um, oh, I was talking about me as a DM, so I'm not going to hold my players' hands, but you know, what's so great about D&D is that it's so many games at once. You know, it's uh, you get the social aspect, you get the role-playing aspect, you get the the combat and the strategy. You know, it's not, you know, you can you can, you know, run into a room, you know, kick the door open, and just you know, murder hobo your way to the next encounter, or you can try to figure out a way around it, either uh, by skipping the encounter entirely, or by molding the encounter to uh, to be more to your benefit. And so, I think that you know, uh, for you know, for players to have the most amount of fun, it there, there definitely needs to be some sort of um element of uh not like danger but uh you know they has to um it can't be too easy for them more or less you know if it's too easy then uh and when i when i mean too easy i'm specific talking about combat now obviously there are there are campaigns and there are adventures that are almost entirely based on role playing kind of like the 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 rogue Sherlock Holmes uh, adventure you're talking about, you know, that you see that's very role play heavy, but for the most part, you know, there's there's going to be a, there's going to be a mixture of of combat and role playing. So, uh, just going off on a tangent, I'm not really sure like what I was what I was going on about, but I, I you know I I want the I want my players to have fun. I want them to feel challenged 
while also feeling like, you know, that it's, you know, it's, it's not a demon souls of the DM world, you know, or it's just oh, yeah. <laughs> unbearably difficult for no reason. Um, Born. Yeah. But, but yeah. So, well, I mean, I think that's the, the way D and D is generally going now with the, the new modules that are coming out is more heavy role play, less combat. Uh, I've done hundreds and hundreds of adventures. Uh, and I think Candlekeep was the first one where, and these are pickup groups through adventures league. Uh, we had a pacifist run. Like we did the whole adventure, didn't kill anything. Like we got done, we're like, wait, did we fight anything? Everybody's like, no, I don't, don't remember fighting anything. DM's like, nope, you guys didn't fight anything. You actually talked your way through everything. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's fantastic. That was, and it was actually because everything was so heavy role play, it was more fun than you know, kind of your basic combat. Obviously, combat's have fun for a lot of it, but you know, they've stated that you know, they're trying to get away from combat all the time and more into you know, playing your character and having fun with that aspect, but still making it you know, difficult just in a, a different way. No, yeah, and I think that's the key is, is making it challenging, um, but in, you know, like, but in, in a different way, it's, you know, obviously like combat you always it's uh it's a roll of the dice but you know if you're role playing there's still going to be aspects that you're going to have to leave up to luck uh whether it be like a perception check or an intimidation check or what, what, whatever it may be um so i when it comes to the long and short of it when it comes to an ideal party composition uh I would say that it it definitely depends on on what the goal is of the game. You know, is the is the game is the goal of the game to have a more traditional D and D experience where it's uh, slanted more toward combat. If that's the case, then you know the 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 party compositions that we discussed uh, based on combat is definitely what you would want to consider. If the goal of the game is to do a pacifist run, like Lupus was talking about, or or have a uh, have a role playing heavy uh, adventure with you know four bards, you know, touring through Faerun uh, and and solving the mystery of uh, of you know uh, who stole uh, you know who stole from the from the who stole from the club's coffers, you know, who stole all the uh, all the uh, gig money. Uh, then you know, obviously, you know, your party composition is going to be is is going to be is going to be different. And that's you know, again, that's that's the beauty of of the game as a whole, is that there's no right and wrong way to play the game. Uh, you know, like uh, like I, I've, I've mentioned a couple times. You would think having two bards in one party would be wrong, uh, and in some ways, you know, it's it makes the game more difficult because, like, damn, wish really wish we had a, a cleric around or <laughs> uh, or a barbarian of sorts to kind of sort of like you know, uh, just you know, knock a hole through the wall. Uh, but now, are, are those bards of the same faction or are they different factions? Oh, I can't remember. It's been it's been a while since I've I've played with them. Uh, just due to you know personal stuff in, in everyone's life, but uh, I I don't I can't remember now. I'm not sure, but 
I would say that they're not, but then again, we're like, we're pretty low level at this point. And so well, it's like for your adventure, for the, the multi the touring bards, would you have them all the same faction or would you have? Oh, them... no. Yeah. They would be separate because, you know, like there'd be like, you know, playing different instruments and, and like different one, uh, one Harper, one Zentrum, exactly. one Emerald Enclave, one Lord's Alliance. Exactly. And then, you know, they, they come together to, you know, form a, a super group. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, there's, there's no wrong or right way to play it. You know, it definitely depends on, on what your goal is uh, when you do play as to what you want your, uh, your party to look like. But having said that, let's go ahead and start to wrap up. Uh, no magic item of the week. That's, uh, you know, crits, you know, little baby. And, uh, you know, I don't want to take that away from him. He can get very possessive and very angry. Um, so definitely don't want to anger the co-host. But once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week with our coverage of the uh, Monsters of the Multiverse, the newest offering from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, we've gotten some, uh, some sneak preview looks at it. Thanks to lupus. And there are a lot of monsters, a lot, a lot of monsters and, uh, very excited about this. Um, it's available only as part of a, uh, a box set that comes with, uh, Tasha's cauldron of everything and, um, uh, Xanathar or Tasha, uh, Xanathar's, uh, guide to everything. And Tasha's cauldron, cauldron of anything. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say like, yeah. did I say that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Yep. And uh, but we will, uh, yeah, we'll, we will be covering that. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, uh, Coffee. Thank you so much. We'll uh, uh, we'll be in, uh, interested to hear how your three person party is coming along in the next in the next few weeks in the next few months. Yeah. That's all. That's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been kind of cool because they actually, uh, the sorry, we go, go from tangent, but the DM had us actually make uh, level twenty characters character sheets as well. So for for something we did this last session, which was we kind of had it like a flash forward, I guess. Oh, cool. So we felt like the like the the two main like uh, B, BBEGs essentially. And like a dream sequence it was it was cool that does sound pretty cool yeah it was it was cool i liked it like i've i've had you know obviously i've 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 had players roll up you know higher level characters you know if that's where the the adventure starts at or or even um uh higher level characters if um uh you know as a as like a one-off like okay like you know um you know, you're going to like this, this person, this like IRL person isn't here this week. So to kind of make up for that, you know, that missing character, you can play, you know, this character at, at this higher level, whatever it may be, but I've never had them roll the same character at a higher level. That's interesting. I'd yeah, be, it, it, was. it was, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I'd be interested to, uh, to know how that pans out. And Lupus, of course, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for um, for uh, making me broke damn near uh, with all the stuff you post on the Robots Radio Discord. Uh, like I'm not I'm not joking. There's there's so much that he posts. Um, some of which, like the 
the sixteen hundred dollars. Is it is it six is it one thousand six hundred or is it sixteen thousand? Oh, it's sixteen thousand. It the sixteen thousand dollar miniature collection obviously um, is I, I'm not going to buy. Um, <sighs> yeah, but um, <sighs> like the but. I mean it's it's a ridiculous amount for sure. That's enough for a decent used car. Oh, not even. I mean, that's a that's enough for a decent a, de- a, a decent new car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, ah, man. But however, oh, just... the uh, Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mistra Mistra uh, Xbox Live game for three bucks is something I've been wanting to buy for a while. Uh, just your basic sort of like uh, Streets of Rage, Double Dragon type, you know, side scrolling beat 'em up with a D and D flair. Uh, which is uh like i said it's on xbox live 299 you can play it uh up, up to four people i think that's it's something up to eight up to oh, eight, is it up to eight people uh yeah uh, online multiplayer up to eight and it's backwards compatible so xbox one and xbox s and x nice yeah i um i've been wanting to play that with uh with a couple of friends like i said like it's it's you know it's not a uh it's not anything that's gonna revolutionize like, your video game. Yeah, <laughs> break the mold. But <laughs> like I said, it's it's like it's like Double Dragon, but you know, with Dungeons and Dragons. It's like Dungeons and Dragons and Dungeons and Double Dragons. I'm gonna stop yeah. talking because at that point, like once I, once I start making uh, video game puns, you know, it's it's time to wrap up the show. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. I have been Sergio. I will always remain Sergio. And next week, we will see you again. Thank you for listening. You have been the best. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. And that's it. Yeah, Coffee, let us know how that uh, campaign goes. Like I said, like that's I've never I've never even considered that, which is weird yeah. because like to this day, me and uh, my best friend Sean, we still talk about Lost, like with all of its flashbacks and flash forwards. <laughs> Like we we never even considered doing that before. How long did that take to make? I mean, to to make a twentieth level character from scratch. There's so many feats and abilities and points you have to distribute. I mean, that's gonna just making a regular character takes a a hot minute. Yeah, I used the the DMB on, so all I did was copy the character, then go to edit it, and then bumped up to to level twenty. So it was fairly easy. Yeah, but I mean, you me. still had to for all. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Ability, it took a bit of time. and yeah, okay. It took a bit of time, not as long as actually. I actually ended up having to transfer to over to a paper sheet because that's that's what he wanted. I I only put the base stats down. It was really <laughs> for um for the season finale of Fumbling Four. I took um the my Jimmy really rad character and bumped him up to twenty which uh, didn't take me as long as I thought it was. Like I thought like, I was like, Oh my gosh, because I think I made it, I rolled them up at level 10. And so I was thinking like, 
this is going to take for, forever, but I'd already been thinking about like, what would he be like at level 20? And so I was, I was, it was that much more, it was that much easier to like, just fill in the gaps. I'm like, all right, well, obviously like, you know, he's, uh, he's a rogue and I'm going to add some bard and at some point, uh, I'm going to add some fighter in, uh, doing that research into, um, into dritz, uh, kind of informed my, uh, like how I make characters because, uh, so you pronounced it not, right that time. Well, no, because, I, because <laughs> like someone on Twitter was like, uh, like the, the Drizzt pronunciation is, is, uh, spoken by those who like use it to like disrespect them or to like look down on them. And I was like, well, I definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, listening to the audiobooks, they pronounce it Drist. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't that's only the only reason why I pronounce it that way is yeah, from the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But when I heard you guys going, I'm like, oh, like why don't because I pronounce drow improperly or dro. dro. I, yeah. I say dro, everybody else says drow, right? And I'm like, but it's like crow. I'm like, okay. But yeah, when I heard you guys going back and forth, I'm like, oh, I'm curious. I'm like, oh, I wonder who's right on that one. Well, actually, I I don't know if I if I read or if I heard the interview. If it was if it was text or audio, but uh, yeah, Salvatore himself was like, you know, it's it's either one, you know, like like in the example I gave was actually from like you know verbatim. He's like, you have two kids arguing in the hallway. Oh, it's Dritz. No, it's Drizzt. Like, hey, and the third kid comes up, like, what are you guys arguing about? And they're like, oh, these books over here. And they're like, Man, I've got you know three people reading my books, and so I win either way. Um, but yeah, like you know when uh, and and uh, you know when that I forgot who it was on Twitter, but when they brought up that point about the pronunciation, like that was enough for me, uh, not just like as, you know, empathetic, but uh, like uh, lore wise to pronounce it dritz. And that's the kind of thing that I'm really into, but I actually, I I misspoke. I was like, when doing the research into Elminster, you know, he has all these different levels. Like he has some levels of, uh, rogue, some level of level fighter, and that's because Berk, he's, yeah, he spent that he's those are periods of his life that he spent doing just doing exactly those things, and so it definitely informed. Uh, it's definitely going to inform how I how I roll up characters, especially higher level characters. Well, that's what I was thinking about uh, when you're talking about you know, uh, groups, like the pickup groups. It's like filling out the the class roles as opposed to you do have four bards together. Like off of Elminster's story, when he was a thief, he was with a bunch of thieves and started a thieves yeah. guild, right? To combat the thieves guild that had been started by the mages or the, the mage lords. When he was a fighter, he was with the, the brigands who were all knights of Athelantar, and he was a fighter, and there really wasn't anything else. It wasn't until he was with an adventuring group, and they were pretty much two clerics and a bunch of fighters and one rogue, and he was the only caster, and he was a cleric or she was at the time. Right. <laughs> and uh, they had no idea that she wasn't a wizard uh, because of the group. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, typically, it would be a lot of the same type hanging out together as opposed to seven unique individual types. Right. Yeah, exactly. 